Welcome to a special edition of Breaking Badness. In this episode for the Human Element miniseries, we're joined by Bree Hughes, technical marketing writer at Bishop Fox. We sat down at B-Sides to discuss the cybersecurity style guide, the value of written communication, and community building. This special episode of Breaking Badness is next. I am here coming from you live now in this moment, but not when you're listening to this podcast uh, from B-Side San Francisco with Bree Hughes here to talk about quite a few things. And thank you so much, Bree, for taking the time to sit down with me today. Thank you for having me, Kelsey. Anytime. And you have a talk actually coming up in a matter of hours, not to add extra stress into your day and remind you of that. (laughs) It's already at the maximum. (laughs) Uh, The law of diminishing stress. (laughs) 2020. Yeah. Well... The first thing I want to really ask you about is there's so much doom and gloom in the industry. So where I like to start these discussions is on a positive note and say, you know, these, are, these events are a great opportunity to look back and think about what's improved since last year. I know you said you're at B-Sides here in 2019. Mm-hmm. So what is something as an industry we've improved upon or changed in this last year? So I've been going to security conferences for the last five years and Uh, You know, I'm not an old timer, but I've been around long enough that I get to hear people who have been going longer. They're so excited every time there's a line in the women's bathroom at a conference. (laughs) I was in the bathroom yesterday and it was like, oh, there's a line. Like no one. (laughs) It's so strange. But here and at DEF CON, it is a very strange but pretty practical marker of the fact that there is a... Um, a larger group of women attending and speaking and volunteering and everything at all these events. So um, I think uh, obviously there's still a lot of problems and inequality, but it is nice just to have the presence and not feel so strange and not feel like, oh, I got to wear jeans and a t-shirt. Be like, I want to wear a dress. I'm presenting today. Yeah. And so, and so I've done that. Um, So I think just the the presence of women in all aspects of the organizing of the conference and obviously speaking and just being here. It's just nice. It's just nice. Um, It makes you want to go to the after party. Yes. And feel safe after the after party too. Um, So yeah, I think um, it's just, it's a, it's a nice trend of more and more women in security and visible in security. Um, The other thing from my perspective, which is uh, words and writing Um, is that uh, since putting out the cybersecurity style guide, um, the response to it has pretty much just been positive. Um, A couple people being very cynical about it being like marketing jargon, but that just means they didn't look at it. (laughs) So I think there are so many people who got into this because they love coding and then they realize they have to be able to explain their exploits to get paid for bug bounties or as consultants. Um, And so they really need help in this arena and they just haven't spent the time and they're very grateful to have some sort of resource or have somebody make them aware of something they could be doing better. So I think, you know, just yesterday at the bug bounty talk, people were focusing on if you can't communicate well, you're not going to get paid because people won't value the threat of the exploits. They won't think it's worth prioritizing. They won't pay you for it and they won't fix it. So being able to take your deep, deep understanding of a technical topic and share that with someone else so they understand it is an incredibly important and powerful skill. And I think there's more and more focus on that. 
you can see it in conferences that there are more sort of soft skill talks <laughs> um, right, about right. dealing with the business side of uh, succeeding in the security industry. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And that's really interesting, just the, the naming itself there, soft skills. Mm -hmm. Like, it's less important. It's exactly. Like squishy little skill. <laughs> like, but it's so important to translate, yeah. like you're saying, the value of what you're finding to an organization that's so powerful. Words are so powerful. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool that you created that that style guide. Yeah. That's awesome. But it's, it's been nice that it's been, uh, yeah, positive. It's people saying, oh, thank God, I always have to edit my coworker's stuff and it's terrible and I don't know what to do. Just somebody yesterday was like, I'm an English major and now they make me proofread everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only person who has any right. competence. So um, just like the fact that there are more security jobs than security researchers, there's yes. also more writing to be done about security than there are people who are confident or willing to write about it. So yeah, um, yeah I'm just happy to provide some guidance and another way to start that conversation. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side of that, I'm curious what you think we can improve it as, as an industry. A lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> it's hard to know where to start with that one. It is one hard sometimes. to know where to start with yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, living in the Bay Area, you know, all of my family is here. And I feel like all my friends that are here are here because their family is here, but otherwise know that they really should be moving to another state. So I think it feels like there are a lot of amazing opportunities from the tech industry in general and in security, but there's not a lot of giving back to the community. So, you know, locally, geographically here in the Bay Area, um, there's a lot of, you know, congestion with uh, company buses and nowhere to park and housing is impossible and all that sort of stuff, but also just allocating more time in security budgets for researchers to give their time to teach the next generation or right. to just give back somehow. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, what can this company do for me because I'm such a great hacker, but then there also needs to be what can we do as hackers to give back yeah I, absolutely. I feel like I don't hear about a lot of initiatives besides ones that are just sort of for PR like right I would really love to see a lot more return to the humanity and not just the profit and exciting technology definitely yeah. it's interesting something shared to Grippo who's over at Proofpoint said <laughs> in August of last year when I interviewed her at uh, summer camp she talked a lot about patterns of success for people in security and she said anxiety on behalf of the user which I think is true when I'm looking through the lens when I'm talking a lot of folks that are doing doing the work mm -hmm. I wonder if companies provided that avenue and said we want you to invest in this if that would help pivot things a little bit in that direction yeah I think uh, you know jumping into information security I as as a technical editor I was immediately confronted with just like terrifying things that our consultants are able to do and be like, oh yeah, we just have 60,000 social security numbers, <laughs> just like real casual. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, you can kind of get numbed to the fact that you're just seeing these outrageous things like, oh yeah, we have, you know, root access, we're admin because it was admin admin as the username and oh, password. God. And I was like, oh, I could be a hacker if that's what it is. <laughs> it doesn't seem to translate back into the lives of your friends and family. Like... I've tried to say, like, hey, everybody, get a password manager. Please use multi-factor authentication. Right. But I don't see that 
generally happening. Like people are just like, yeah, this is my job and my family doesn't understand. And they're still very vulnerable and don't understand the real threats and, you know, are likely to be fished by the worst phishing emails. Right. Yeah. So I think just there's such a gap between the people here at this conference who know so much about security and then the people outside this building who right. are vulnerable in so many different ways and buying novelty Internet of Things gadgets <laughs> invade their privacy. Right. And As we're sitting stuff. next to the yeah. IoT exactly. area. <laughs> right. <This> is- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think just the disconnect in general between people in the industry and then, um, yeah, people at large just not having security knowledge, just basic right. things like elementary school, like, hey, multi-factor authentication. Right. Definitely. Password managers. And, and it's interesting, too, because you know, it kind of go back. It goes back to our previous conversation around the ability for us to communicate mm-hmm. to those people in our lives how they can stay and remain safe. Um, and it's just, it's quite the challenge and we're all learning this together too. It's not like this industry has existed for decades and decades and decades as we know it. And so we have an opportunity to really make a large change and to help each other out so we can keep each other safe, which is really cool. So yeah, we take it. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's really hard because I feel like people are already fatigued by so many changes and different bad advice about what a good password is. Right. That it's hard to get through. I mean, there's just so much signal now from all the content everywhere all the time and all Mm -hmm. the new platforms and apps and everything that it's hard to get through a message at all. And so just basic things um, could be saving a lot of people and they're just not... It's just not clear. So that was actually one of the motivations for sharing the style guide publicly was the fact that things are moving quickly. There aren't yet laws. And when there are discussions, what are they going to reference? Like, what's the analogy? How do you choose, you know, what makes a light bulb safe if like if it's connected to (laughs) Wi-Fi or Bluetooth? Um, So having a style guide is at least, you know, trying to be on the same page about some of those terms um, so that the people making the laws have have better things to reference. Um, As a my background is I'm a historical linguist. And so, you know, there have been court cases that um, cite Urban Dictionary because that's the place that'll have the term that somebody texted before they killed somebody or was allegedly killed somebody. And uh, so... um, the style guide was like, well, if something happens, what references will they go to? Um, and, you know, maybe this could be somewhat helpful in in changing that conversation. There's just such great misunderstanding. You know, I think in Australia, they tried to, somebody wanted to outlaw algorithms. which was like, that's just math. But <laughs> like, or it's like, there should be backdoors on everything. Like, that's also a problem. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's just a lot of fundamental misunderstanding that um, this very smart group of people could do a lot to, yeah. to work on. I've always wanted to see um, folks in InfoSec start an acapella band called The Algorithms. Oh. I think there's a major missed opportunity there. I'm a second soprano. I'd be in it. I know they're <laughs> to be all male, but I'll go for it. <laughs> Here comes treble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. So I'd like to actually, now that we're talking about the style guide, I think this is a good opportunity to talk about some of the work you're doing. And um, today, as I mentioned earlier, you're doing a talk, Mm -hmm. um, how to write like it's your job. And so what are two to three pieces of uh, advice that you'd like to share from that talk 
not to do a spoiler alert. I promise people will be no, listening that's... to this after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it'll be on YouTube in a month, so um, it'll all be out there. The point is to tell people. Yes. That's why I'm talking. Uh, yeah, so I think first and foremost, it's good to just acknowledge that writing is hard and it's hard for everyone. And it's not just you. It's not because you gave up on it. It's hard, like... It takes me so long to write this talk and then to cut it down to 20 minutes. <laughs> like, it's hard for everyone. Yeah. Um, and so the only way to improve it is to make the time and space to improve it. Um, it's like, you know, business failures happen because it's just not part of the process. If it's nobody's job to check to make sure you spelled your name correctly, then it's going to be wrong. <laughs> right. So um, you may not like it, but if you skip it, then, you know, either people are going to make you go back and question your work and not pay you or not value you. Um, or you're just your message is muddled. And then what's the point if you have a great thing to say, but you're yelling it, you know, from across a parking lot without a microphone, then people aren't really going to get that message. Right. So, um, yeah, I think you absolutely have to make time for it or it will not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, second thing is if you have to edit yourself, which is the case that a lot of security researchers are in, they don't have technical editors, um, is to read it out loud. Mm. Because when you're just scanning something, hopefully you're at least scanning something after you write it. <laughs> Hard to tell <laughs> <Step> sometimes. <one. laughs> um, but if you read it out loud, you catch things that you otherwise skip over because you know what should be there because right. you're not really the reader. You're the writer. You're like, you, you know, and then etc. the end. <laughs> you're like, no, no, no. But if you say it out loud, you realize you just said the same word three times in the single sentence, mm. or it's like, where did this topic come from? Or I never defined this. Right. All sorts of things will pop out to you about the structure and the organization and clarity. Um, so read it out loud. That's, the absolute best thing. You can also have your computer read it out loud to you in a monotone voice, which I do a lot. (laughs) Um, Welcome to your computer talk on the cyber security. It's a nice break. (laughs) Um, And then um, the other thing is um, to keep your final reader in mind. So part of the talk is saying the first thing you need to do is make a very bad, ugly draft because it's going to be bad because you don't want to do it. So just write about what you can write the things you care about, mm-hmm. leave spaces to say, you know, third, third thing goes here, clever transition here, and then just move on. But the problem I find is when people have their first draft be their final draft. And that's not good for a couple of reasons, but one of them is because the first draft, you're really telling the story to yourself and it's more of a, you know, it's a diary entry about you and this exploit and this fun time you had finding this loophole and making a thing and getting a shell and all that. So the second draft the and the drafts afterwards need to be focused on who is your final reader, which is partially just you need to clarify a lot of things to be like, you know, the thing in there in between, you're like, no, I don't know. What you're like, you have to give me a picture. You have to use right. more words, um, but also keeping your specific audience in mind so you know if this is a technical document and it's for your peers then you don't need to explain so many acronyms people will know if this is for manager if this is for a CISO a C-suite person that's a different level if this is for the general public if this is for your elderly family members you know there are all sorts of things that will change the terms you're using the length you know how much you have to sort of explain up top Um, so the first draft Make it make it ugly, put as much as you can in it, but then after that, 
remember that final reader um, because ultimately, again, if you if you have all this brilliant knowledge in your brain but you can't put it on the page, nobody else is going to transfer that information into yeah. theirs. That is such a good point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I am also selfishly, I want somebody to create... Now that you've said this, I think this is a hilarious <laughs> idea, like writing a diary as if you're discovering a, <laughs> a CV or something like that. Just yeah. like you're writing to yourself. I would read that. That would be a great like satirical <laughs> blog post. That uh, yeah, would be I hilarious. There are probably blogs that are accidentally kind of doing that. <laughs> be like, and then, I had, funny, coffee, yeah. <laughs> and then I had some coffee. Then I had some coffee. <laughs> like, how is that relevant to the exploit? You're like, right. sometimes you got to take a break because it's going to compile for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I'm really glad that you're giving the talk and I'll be excited to check it out on YouTube later because I won't be able to make it in person, but that's really cool that you're doing it. Thanks. All right. I'm going to just take a left, hard left turn okay. into something non sequitur, but this is a question I like to ask. And I imagine as a writer that you probably have to read a lot too, and you're keeping up on trends mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. What is the worst security metaphor that you've heard recently or this year? Or That's, just painful jargon or something right, right. those lines. It's yeah. a good question. Um, I was recently looking at Sideways Dictionary. Are you familiar with that I'm site? Not. So it's specifically people submit metaphors for technology things. Oh, you seem very interested in this. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So Sideways Dictionary. And a lot of them are bad, but it's also kind of interesting to just see it from a different perspective. So uh, I was looking at it because um, either I was going to use it for um, a company trivia night to give a bad metaphor and then say, hey, what is this trying to describe? Like, is this blockchain or is this, <laughs> you know, Bitcoin? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I feel like I can't even remember... I can't put together what the metaphors were. Like there was one that involved a sumo wrestler and I don't know what that one was for. <laughs> um, That's amazing. Yeah, I think, um, yeah. I mean, I feel like the things that stick out to me are more like the unintentional typos, like that there was an issue and that the company needed to mitigate the thread. <laughs> You're like, oh, you didn't mean thread, you meant thread. Um, Just gonna pull on that thread a little bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's a good question. There are just so many. I definitely have a document of strange sentences that I've gotten over the years as a technical editor. I would love to share that. And then I want, <laughs> after the conference is over, to just sit in my home and have my computer read it to me out loud. Because that <laughs> sounds like a really fun activity. <laughs> yeah. But your answer is there's an entire website. There's a whole website. That's the best the answer, kind of answer. Yes. That's so, I mean, the whole thing, I, like, I made a reference work and then I'll forget what I've put in it. The whole reason is if I could remember all these things, I wouldn't need a reference work, <laughs> but go. they become so many. Right. So actually sideways dictionary is in the references in this because That's awesome. not as like a shiny example, <laughs> but just kind of an interesting thought experiment or yeah. yeah what is what is this metaphor doing well and what is it missing out on yeah um talking about you know bitcoin as mining or as all the <laughs> all the weird things that people say about <laughs> all them all the things yeah oh that's wonderful okay i'm mm -hmm. definitely gonna you've given me so much to do after we speak <laughs> i'm really excited to listen back to our episode and just take note of all the things we discussed because i'm going to do all of them <laughs> yeah 
All right, I have another silly question for you. Okay. If you wanted to describe current security practices as a breakfast food item, what item would that be and why? Current security practices. Yeah, and this can be, you can just, this is really open. No guardrails on this one. Okay. I feel like uh, a lot of companies are still just trying to pass compliance (laughs) and just kind of going for the default which I feel like is maybe like a continental breakfast at a hotel where you're like it's fine (laughs) it is like you're getting eggs and sausage and you could have cereal but it's not really you wouldn't like recommend a random (laughs) continental breakfast to someone like yeah you could do like i'm glad you ate something (laughs) thank you for at least caring enough about credit card compliance or hipaa or whatever like that's good that you're to the letter of it you did go to a breakfast (laughs) but you could do a lot more that's a great that's a great one (laughs) that's fantastic yeah okay Yes, I accept that answer. That okay. makes a lot of sense. Thank that you, would Kelsey. not go on the uh, the metaphor, the mixed metaphor list. I think it's pretty <laughs> solid all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a great answer. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've got pretty much one or two questions left for you here. Okay. The first one being, and, and you've talked about this a little bit, clearly you're always going out there and continuing to do research and trying to understand the space. What are a few resources that you recommend for folks that you're looking at that you think might be helpful? That's a very good question. I'm going to look at my cheat sheet for resources here. Do the reference guide. There are so many that I forget. Yeah, I think my sort of answer is for technical editing, you always have a base dictionary and a style guide. Dictionary has all the words. Style guide has the tricky words and more information about how to use them and when. Um, the Part of the reason I made this style guide is because there are a lot of really great technical dictionaries that capitalize every word so you don't know if it should actually be capitalized. It's a big plague in engineering-based writing that all nouns are capitalized. Uh, And so there are a lot of really wonderful technical dictionaries online that have, yeah, very, very concise summaries, but they just don't tell you how to write it in the middle of a sentence, which is what the style guide is sort of for. That's cool. But I was thinking about... um, when I was researching for the style guide, um, I actually found a lot of joy and value um, in looking at the Wired style guide, which is from 1999. Ooh. And a lot of it's outdated, but it also has some really wonderful historical information mm. about, um, you know, Usenet and sort of ARPANET and all these wonderful things and some terms that don't really get used anymore. Um, so, like, before you could Google yourself, you could go ego surfing since Google wasn't oh the my. main search engine. So that's kind of, it's like kind of wonderful and like little weird tidbits. Yeah. Um, but just kind of a nice view of where it's come from. It's only been a generation, but it's yeah. It's kind of a it's a lot of wonderful um, background. And then um, for technical writers who want to get better at technical writing, since that's kind of the specialty, um, the references that I point people to um, there's a book called It Was the Best of Sentences, It Was the Worst of Sentences by June Casagrande. And every chapter, she starts with a sentence that's kind of off. And then she sort of goes on why, what particular issue this one has. And then at the end, there's some 
better versions of it. So it's kind of a nice like micro level thing about sentences. Um, and then there's a book by Roy Peter Clark um, that I think is just called Writing Tips. Um, that to the is, point. Respect that. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, Writing Tools. Writing Tools, uh, 55 okay. Essential Strategies for Every Writer. Oh, cool. And some of them are more towards fiction or more journalism. Mm -hmm. But the great thing that he has are just amazing examples of writing. Just like, this is a great paragraph and let me tell you why. Right. So it's kind of wonderful to be like, wow, that was a great obituary. Like he's like, right. all these example things or man, there was a tragedy, but they wrote about it so well and it kept you in the moment, kept the actions clear. Oh, it really cool. told you about all these elements that were happening at the same time. Um, so even though some of it may seem like it doesn't apply to you, really all writing is storytelling. Um, and so you just have to sort of take a step back, be like, for me, the story is, I broke your stuff. You need to fix your stuff. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's just really nice to have good examples. A lot of technical writing handbooks feel very outdated because they'll use like floppy disk examples. And it's like, this isn't really applicable anymore. So it's really just better to look at what is good writing and then apply it to technical work. So yeah, those are the that's awesome. Those are the things I tend to recommend to consultants who want to improve their writing. Very cool. Okay, yeah. and I will have these referenced in um, the post with all of the compiled podcasts, which is at domaintools.com/podcasts, um, and you should be able to find it there. So want to make sure that give credit to the style guide and other things you're referencing. So. Um, Sounds good. Be sure to point that out. And so the last thing I want to end on, just on a positive note, I always like to ask this question, is, you know, security in this, this industry can be a little thankless sometimes. So I want to give people an opportunity to mention someone that they personally look up to in the industry and give them props and some kind words. That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely thing. <laughs> um, I think... Uh, you know, in the last five years, I've given a lot of talks and um, partially it's because I realized I can do it. And so I yeah. should do it. Heck yeah. Even though it's very uncomfortable. Part of that comes from um, my father, who was a construction lawyer and speech debate champion. And I've always been an introvert backstage kind of a person, but I definitely know how to do intro three points and a conclusion because of him. Um, but then... Coming to um, Bishop Fox, there were a lot of really wonderful women in the company who were speaking. So Christina Camilleri, she basically tested the limits of how much the company would pay for her to fly around and talk at all the conferences. I was oh, like, cool. oh, I could do that too. Yeah. So I did Hope and DEF CON and CactusCon and the Diana Initiative. And um, so that's been really inspirational. And just all the, yeah, all the um, security researchers in the San Francisco office, Kelly and Josie and Cece. And it's been really lovely to sort of feel like uh, we're all contributing to the community, um, uh, giving workshops at Day of Security and volunteering, things like that. Um, so yeah, it's been nice, even though I'm not the most technical person, <laughs> that I feel that we're all working together towards it. And it's been just a nice community to be supportive and help me organize events and 3d print 
prizes for the spelling bee we did at DEF CON. So and, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the, the women of Bishop Fox have really been um, inspirational for me. That's wonderful. Yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work, and that's a really cliched saying, but yeah. um, we all have different skills, and one isn't more valuable than the other, and as long as we're all collaborating and working together and doing something awesome, that's all that matters. So sounds like you have a great team over there, and that yeah. was very kind props to them and, <laughs> and the women of your company. So yeah. Yeah. I just want to thank you again so much for your time and wish you the best of luck. I'm sure you're going to do a great job at your talk. And I'll try to backlink that too once that's posted on, on YouTube. So Sounds good. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kelsey. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>